0: Hey guys, it's David Burns from the International Baseball Community Social Networking website. And today we're going to have a little Skype session with Nick Paradikes. Nick hails from Aura, Colorado. He tells me it's just outside of Denver. He's a former D1 outfielder for New Mexico State University. And in 2007, he made the move to European baseball with a two-year stint in Belgium before transferring to Austria to play with my club, the Attening Athletics. For 2009-2010, and 2010. In his final year in Belgium, Nick hit 449 with five home runs, which was fourth in the league. And then uh, in Austria, he hit 388 and 460 in his two years, finishing this uh, the last season off first place in the batting uh, t- for the batting title, but didn't quite get enough games in to win the title. So, uh, I'm going to pick Nick's brain a little bit to get some information out of him for you guys. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, why he decided to to come over to Europe play baseball and how he went about finding a job, uh, the transition from uni ball to playing semi pro ball in Europe and what that was like and a little difference uh, the differences in the level of play, uh, you know between Europe and back playing D one ball in, in in the states, and then uh, yeah he'll help us out with a few tips for you guys that are thinking of coming over and playing international baseball for the first time. So Nick, welcome to my first interview and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you on and uh, yeah, how are things in uh, your Reno right now, aren't you? Yeah,
1: it's, it's good to be here and uh, thanks for thinking of me for this first interview, for this inauguration of uh, international baseball. Um, yeah, Reno's good. It's, uh, I'm a PhD student, made the switch from professional baseball in Europe to a poor graduate student in uh in America so uh things are going well
0: good it's good to hear uh yeah it's been a few years since Nick was uh in in Europe playing baseball but uh you know we're gonna pick his brain today and and we'll get on to question one right away Nick when you first uh decided to come over to Europe you know what was your thought process what made you decide okay I want to go over to Europe and play some ball
1: well I mean it really was about the idea of, of still wanting to continue to play baseball. Um, and secondly, to travel. You know, I was graduating university, and uh, as most university students, you're pretty poor, and um, I didn't have a lot of money to travel. And, and my brother actually gave me the idea of, of looking into playing baseball in Europe because, you know, it's a form of, of, of a way to get over there for uh, a, a, just a, a limited amount of money. Um, he played American football in Italy and Finland, and he did the same thing that I did, but uh, I took the baseball route instead of the football route. And uh, for me, it was just a, a way to get over to Europe and for me to continue doing something that I love, playing baseball. Yeah, that's great. So. I hear,
0: yeah, most guys decide to come over, like their first intentions are baseball, extending their career, and then, oh, while I'm at it, I'll, I'll do a little traveling. But yours was kind of the other way around. You wanted to come see Europe, and you're like, hey, I might as well use my, my D1 background and my, my skills to, to get over there. I think that's that's definitely a, a smart decision. Um, you ended up in Belgium in 2007. Um, I just want to get an idea uh, for our listeners. Uh, how did you go about finding that job and why Belgium? Uh, and, yeah, wh- what was the process? Yeah, can, you, can you take us through that?
1: Well, I mean, so, obviously, Americans and and. Canadians and Australians have been going to Europe for a while, but there wasn't really very good uh, online resources for you know connecting everything and all the teams at one website. And so I went about it the long way, and I literally typed in international teams, was able to go to their websites, most of them were not in English, found something that said, contact us, wrote a paragraph saying, this is my name, this is what I played, and just seeing if there was any spot for me on the team. And I ended up doing that early on in like October, didn't get any response, was pretty uh, depressed about it. I talked to my brother he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to play baseball and I want to travel a little bit. So I focused all my energy and effort to another round of 200 emails to as many teams as possible. And eventually a team in Belgium got back to me and said, we're interested and we'd like to bring you over. Right on. And so, so it was mostly right just persistence. Yeah. So
0: you went in you know, forums pers- as well? I actually... Prior to this interview, I did a little research. I googled your name and and baseball, and uh, I found an old post you put on a forum and on Mister Baseball, you know, and that was in 2007. So I could see that you were doing the circuit and going around and and finding, you know, just taking advantage of Google. So, Um, so Belgium was the only response you had at that time. Uh,
1: yeah, that was the only response. Most teams didn't write me back, and that was, was kind of, you know, a uh, junior place. But um, eventually, and the funny – actually, it's a funny story. I, uh, the president of the club at the time was named Jean-Pierre, and uh, I got a response from him. And I'm on spring break, and I get this response that they're interested in. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm super stoked. And telling all my friends I'm going to France to play baseball. And because uh, I'm reading Jean-Pierre, thinking the yeah. dude's from Paris or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then come to find out it's in Belgium and I was like oh okay I, I was like because it was just a, it's a totally new world for me
0: yeah, yeah yeah and
1: so I was it was great it was just yeah Belgium was my only response and took advantage of it and that team actually became like you know like at Nang I, I feel like I had two extended families and one in Belgium and one in Austria at this point so <laughs> yeah. It was a
0: yeah that's what it is a big hug. family isn't it yeah yeah it was similar yeah. to my story I woke up and to a phone call in 1999 from a guy I played ball with, and said, "Do you want to come over and play baseball in Austria?" And you know, I was uh, at the moment i I just finished uh, just finished uni, and thought pff, I had nothing on the go at the moment, so I was like, "Yeah, let's go." And I didn't even think about it. Just I didn't even know anything about Austria. I didn't know what language they spoke. I was a little ignorant that way, but yeah, yeah, pretty easy decision. Yeah. So uh, once, uh, you know, did they ask you for uh, an interview or anything like that? Like, did you have to do a phone interview or or did they verify, did they even verify who you were that you know of or did you have to provide any contacts or?
1: They took a really big risk on me because that didn't happen. But obviously with Austria, it was like that. But after me, then they started asking for references and things like that. Um, They just got lucky with me and, you know, because um, they had actually been burned before years before with from a coach that they brought over from America, um, but no, at th- that point they didn't do references. But with every other team that I was in contact with, uh, usually they would ask for references and, and an interview and and statistics or whatever it is that you can offer f- to, to provide some sort of uh, support for what you're saying in your email. Yeah, um, but no, they did not, and that was uh, for me. It was a surprise, but I also was getting paid very little money. Um, but it was. Like, you know, like what we're talking about, it's, it's, it was the experience and the, the, the opportunity to travel in Europe and, and live in Europe yeah. for a limited amount of money. Mm.
0: Okay, I've, I just wanted, you know, because I really don't know a lot about Belgium. I, I, I can yeah. speak for Austria as much as you can, but uh, as far as Belgium's concerned, I really don't know much about uh, baseball in Belgium, so uh, maybe be, before we move on, uh, I'd just ask like to ask you a couple questions about uh you know did you find like you said they were a second league team so obviously they're importing all through the first league there the d1 and 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 i guess in the second league as well so if you can kind of get in, uh, give me a number of, of maybe how many teams are importing players and are they importing more than one some of them or
1: yeah um belgium is right next to netherlands and netherlands is a you know is one of the top countries in Europe for European baseball. Um, and so their top division, every team has at least two Americans, foreigners on it. Okay. Um, the team that the first year I was brought over, we were a second, they were a second division team, but they were like at the top of their game, top of that division, but they just couldn't get over that hump. And so they asked me to provide that extra bat, that extra arm and fielder to see if that would get them over. And, uh, uh, we ended up dominating that second division uh, because they were already one of the better teams in that lower division. Yeah. Uh, but the only other team that was somewhat good in the, uh, second division had another American on their team. Uh, we ended up playing in the championship, but it really wasn't very close. Um, but then first division, when we moved up, we were outmatched for the most part because the Belgian baseball, it's pretty good. It's, um, I think they've got a little bit more exposure than Austria does just because they're so close to the the Netherlands. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But uh actually talking to a friend, I guess the Belgian uh baseball confederation is kind of in limbo right now just because they're having some disagreements with the people at the top and stuff like that, but at the time I was there that was that was, it was it was up there. It was just just below, you know, the Netherlands and Italy and stuff. Yeah. The baseball was but um, yeah, so. And
0: compensation-wise, is it similar to Austria? Like I know we return flight. We're talking uh, uh, an apartment, and then some pocket change, maybe enough to cover yeah. food expenses, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's all the same. I was I, I was willing to pay a little bit or take a little bit less, mostly just because you know I just wanted to get out there. Um, but some of the top teams, you know, they would bring over some guys that had played maybe some minor league baseball. And they're getting paid a lot more. And, you know, as you know in Europe, baseball, you know, for some of these foreign, like the hockey teams, like the football teams, like the basketball teams, mm-hmm. baseball, we get paid the least amount, right? Because yeah. you hear stories of some of the hockey players in Austria or some of the basketball players in Austria or football players. They're getting paid a lot more than us. But, yeah. you know, also, you know, it's, it's whatever. It's it's. I'll tell you what, you're able to... You're able to make a living, and you're able to enjoy your time with what we get paid yeah. as the foreign baseball player. So, no complaints whatsoever. Good. So, uh,
0: so you played two years in Belgium, and then suddenly you're in Austria. And I remember, like you, you, you had no complaints with Belgium. You just, you know, you just decided you wanted to go elsewhere. Now, was it a focus, like I want to go to Austria, or was it let's put my name out there and see what happens
1: again? It was another round of of emails. It was, uh, I love, like I said, I love Belgium and, and the team asked me to stay. They wanted me to stay. And uh, I don't have any regrets about leaving, but I think it was more, you know, my, my initial, uh, desire to go to Europe in in the first place was to experience different cultures. And, you know, I'd experienced Belgium for two years and, and I had, I kind of wanted to go someplace else and I wanted to see what it was like in other parts of, of Europe. And, uh, I told them I wasn't going to come back, and they went went ahead and, and brought somebody else in. And then I was getting really nervous because it was like March and April. I put out a bunch of emails again, and I wasn't getting any response. And then, luckily, I don't even know how Atnan got uh, my name, but somehow they got a hold of me, and and uh, you know we were able to work something out with Atnan. But remember, I came kind of later in the season. not late, but yeah. Um, yeah the season already started because there was some issues and, and I was brought in, but no, there was times where I was really nervous that I wasn't, I was like, what am I doing? I just messed up an opportunity. I could have already been in Belgium. yeah. And now here I am sitting here at home and, and I'm not having any, 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 any responses, but you know, positive thoughts and eventually things worked out. And, uh, pers- once again, persistence.
0: Well, that just gives everybody so, that's listening an idea that, you know, you know because i know right now it's january and, and there's guys already you know they're signing everywhere but i know atnang for example they have their annual tournament and that's where they get their you know their their revenue from and and so they just see how much they make from that tournament and that's quite often when they bring people over and i don't know there's probably other clubs like that in europe as well so i think you know again persistence is the key and you just keep going at it and eventually something comes up And a lot of teams last minute decide they need to to beef their roster up a little more. So, So, yeah, keep your name out there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like maybe off the field a little bit. You played in Austria and you played in Belgium. So you took advantage of that, didn't you? So uh, why don't you just give us an idea of of some of the things you experienced off the field uh, to begin with right now?
1: Well, I mean, I think the biggest difference about playing on a team in Europe uh, versus just traveling in Europe is, is you do things that are not your typical tourist, you know, events. Yeah. Right? We would go to the clubs that the locals go to. You know, yeah. we would go eat what the locals go to eat. You know, it was it's it's all about assimilation into a culture. Yeah. Which is trying to learn the language, trying to learn the culture. Um and so for me, one great thing about playing ball in Europe is we're not playing six or seven times a week. Yeah, right? we yeah. Play twice a week, and that provides time during the week to go, you know, buy a ticket from us, you know, from from Adnang to Salzburg, right? And we do a little tour of, of Salzburg, or you go to Vienna, or from Brussels, you know, where I was living in Belgium, I'd go to Brussels, i right? go to some of these tourist towns. And so, for me, I took advantage of of the trains of the mass transportation and got around to visit some of these. Uh, local towns and, and do I really tried to do what the locals did and that was that was something that even you know when I would talk to friends back home they say oh I'm thinking of coming to Europe or yeah the few friends that did come and visit me remember I had a girl and her boyfriend come they stayed in my apartment I think this was when I don't know I don't think it was when Ermers was there but anyways they, they came and and all they could talk about was how cool it was to be able to do these things that you know, no other tours would even know existed. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. And that's you know, same thing in Belgium. I had my brother came to visit me. I had some friends came up, come up from France. And that's what they all just said. It's like you know, when I'm, whether you're in like a, um, you know, study abroad. I'm sure there's been a, there's a lot of people that study abroad that have the desire to come back. Most of those programs, all they're doing is hanging out with other Americans yeah. or other forms, right? They don't really get that that, that unique. Um, opportunity to to just hang out with the locals, and that's yeah. my f- first year in Belgium. I was the only foreigner on the team.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't even have the option to to spend time with the other foreigner.
0: Yeah, I, I completely yeah I, I couldn't agree more. You know, like uh, just myself, not even necessarily playing baseball in Austria, but just where I've lived. I lived in I'm with a, a town of eight thousand. And now I live in Salzburg, you know, which is a very you know tour, uh, high tourist population coming through every summer. And uh, uh, so in Salzburg, I'm just another guy that can that you know that's from that
1: speaks uh, native
0: English. And but in Atlang, we'd go out and and you know like no, nobody ever met a Canadian before. So it was, oh yeah, you know
1: that's was, how that's that's that was a, that's the funny part. Like when you're in, I also tell people you go to big towns like Salzburg, like Vienna, like Brussels. And let's say you're talking to girls, which is obviously one of my things when I was out there. I was always interested in, in meeting the the local natives. Yeah. You know, when you're in those big cities, you say, "I'm from America, they don't care. They're yeah. like, oh, okay, you're just another tourist." yeah, but when you're in these small towns like Attenang, like the town I was in Megdeth in Belgium. They say you're from America. What are you doing in this town? Like, why are you here? And they want to know everything about you. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, this is this is a lot different from you know being in Rome or Vienna or whatever. Where they hear you're from America, and you know you're just another tourist to them. Yeah. No, I so.
0: I, I actually missed that. I, I I couldn't wait to get out of Aden because it was so small and there's nothing to do. And at the same yeah. time, I, I miss it so okay well i you know i i stole a couple pictures off your facebook for this uh for this interview and i noticed uh most of them were uh you standing on the top of some mountain somewhere as well so (laughs) so yeah you did get out and you took advantage of of the climbing and everything but uh so uh what i want to move on to now is is let's talk a little bit more on the baseball side of things uh what about level of baseball? Uh, you know, when you're comparing, first of all, maybe Austria and Belgium. Sounds like Belgium in the in the first league, anyway, the first division. There, uh, you know, a little on the stronger side compared to Austria. But uh, yeah, maybe you can just kind of give us a, a summary of the of Belgium and Austria, and then maybe compare it to you, you know your stint in uh, at New New Mexico State Union.
1: Yeah, I mean, the level of baseball is is. It's definitely less from what you would expect from university, uh, you know, especially Division One or Division Two. Any of those, um, but you do have some great players in these European teams, and that's that's you know, even in America, the difference between Division One and Division Two isn't you know, complete level. It's the number of of high quality players you have. In Division One, everybody is really high quality. Whereas you get further and further down, you have you still have just as high quality of players at Division One, but you just have less of them. Yeah. And I think that's really the difference between, you know, baseball at the university at Division One, Division Two, or or NAIA, uh, is just the, the number of good players you have on each team. And uh, you know, the, my favorite games are the ones when we played the foreign pitcher, right? I mean, those are the games that it's a battle. Yeah, you know, two foreigners going up against each other, and it's a low-scoring game, and you know, every both teams are into it, and those are. It's just, it feels just like back home.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, Um, and so I think that's that's really the biggest difference. I think pitching is a big difference, but like I just said previously, when you have the American pitcher or Canadian or uh, Australian, whatever it is, out there, it it becomes you know just like you're back home playing Division One baseball again. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Speaking of that, like you're you're primarily an outfielder but you took the mound quite a bit too and, and fared well um and that's kind of segues into the next the next question is um you know I, i've i've you know witnessed over the years uh imports in our uh, for the athletics and, and other other teams around the league uh where maybe they you know they get a little frustrated out there when they're when they're not used to errors behind them you know so yeah. uh that's that's one of the common struggles that i've noticed uh um Another one that I've also noticed. Well, I, maybe I'll just get you to speak on that one first, and then I'll move on to the next one. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, how did you
0: handle that, anyway?
1: I, I think I think that just is the mindset you come into to the league. You know, if, if I think this is what we were talking about a little bit earlier, that if you're coming in expecting this, you know, these European leagues to be like independent baseball back in America or Division One baseball, then then you're coming in with the wrong mindset, and you're not going to have as good of a time. Yeah. Right. If you come in with an open mind and the and the the, the realization that that you're here to help, uh, be an ambassador to baseball, to to promote better baseball at that in that country, um, then you you realize I'm just here to help improve the game overall, yeah. um, and that's really what you're doing. You know, you're. I don't think you go to Europe to, to take the next step in your baseball career. You go to Europe to. Uh, enjoy the culture, to continue playing baseball, and to help improve, you know, to be a teacher, and to be uh, kind of inspiration for younger, that that was one of my favorite things, I mean, how popular were you when you were, you know, when you were young in in, uh, Austria and Atenang with the little kids, right, you're a superhero to them, Yeah. and that's what's so cool about it.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, it's the the first time a young Austrian kid came up to me with a baseball for me to sign it, you know, I was just, it was one of the coolest things I ever did. You know, I don't, I never had to do anything like that before. So, you know. yeah. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, that I, I completely agree with you and that's why I wanted to touch base on that because you need to come over with that mindset. And, and a lot of guys, like you, like you said earlier, is it's, it's completely foreign to them. So they really don't know what to expect. So I wanted to, uh, definitely talk about that a little bit. And, and the other, one of the other struggles I noticed is, uh, you know you're, you're coming from playing uh you know college ball back home where where you're practicing regularly playing regularly and you know you have coaches breathing down your neck making sure you're you're you know staying in game shape and you have to or otherwise you're sitting on the bench and and then you come over here and suddenly you know you're a player or coach or or uh you know, you you know you find that you're you need to stay uh you're responsible for yourself now and you really have to stay self-disciplined and stay in shape and over the course of the season that like you know uh, in, in in Austria the season basically begins in April and if you make it to the championship you're, you're talking mid-October so that's a long time to to stay focused on on staying in game shape and you know because they paid you to come over and, and you're there to do a job and you're not coming in and pitching five six innings and then and then you know someone's coming in in relief they want you to pitch nine innings so yeah. i mean that's another struggle i've seen and a lot of guys weren't really aware of of you know what they were getting themselves into so maybe uh yeah what was your experience with that like i know i know that you had you got to play with a couple other imports in atnang and up in belgium as well um, yeah any recommendations um, or, or how to go you about know, that i mean for me
1: obviously it's great you know atnang great because you uh, access to gym and I even in college I wasn't a gym rat I was forced to be a gym rat but when I got to Europe um, I found I think I even borrowed did I borrow your weights when I was in Austria yeah, I yeah,
0: yeah. they're yeah. collecting dust so I assume.
1: yeah so I mean for me it was it's more about doing stuff with, with my body weight right and, and just little weights because you know with that I wasn't trying to I wasn't trying to bulk up. What I was yeah. trying to do was stay in shape. Yeah. And that's something that's through self-discipline that it's, it's a grow. I think it's a, a maturation process, you know, and that's something that in Europe it's actually good to for that kind of maturing right there, right? Yeah, yeah. You're used to somebody t- telling you what to do, and then suddenly now you're on your own. And even me when I was the coach in that thing, like I could have told some of the other guys you have to go work out, but then at the same time, it's like, you know, this is time for you to grow up. And when you get into the professional world, people aren't going to tell you what to do all the time, right? You got to be able to problem solve and do things on your own
0: yeah.
1: in order to succeed. And that was kind of how I, uh, in my mind, that's how I put it to be able to uh, motivate myself. And then also at the same time, when I was, you know, if I was in a slump, yeah. I would work out harder because I was just yeah. like, this, I want to get out of this slump. And maybe it's my physical. You know, uh, right now maybe I'm not in good enough shape, and so that would kind of motivate me. Yeah,
0: to
1: work out more. But really, it was just daily kind of stretching, daily making sure my my uh, I was staying up with to speed on uh, my footwork. Uh, I mean, how many times did we go to the batting cage? You know, when before practice and after practice, you know, yeah. doing that next thing because our job is to play baseball. It's great that. We can go up to the field any time and take hacks or throw the ball or you know do whatever to stay in shape, and that's yeah. that's through self motivation and it's also through uh, camaraderie. You know, like finding people that you want to go and work out with.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, you know, don't don't let yourself just stay in your apartment all the time because then you're going to get depressed. Yeah. And then you're going to get out of shape, and then you're not going to be able to perform as well as what you would have. Um, you know, find some guides that will, you know, help motivate you and get out, get out of the apartment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is definitely. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, there's some long days. You know, it can rain four or five days in a row, and, and everybody on the team, they all work nine to five. So if there's not another import there with you, you're on your own, and you you know uh, uh, you can't always be traveling somewhere. Uh, so yeah, it's. it's yeah i just want to uh, prepare people for that so uh i think that's uh for me it was uh you having you over it really helped me stay motivated because as a teacher i had my summers off and and uh you know you're you're it was great to get up to the park with you because you were equally as motivated that way and and you you helped me hit that inside pitch a little better too so you gave me some good tips along the way good uh you know one last little thing um Reflecting back, now it's been a couple of years, and you're looking back, and you know every time I touch base with, with a guy I play ball with, and then you know their careers kind of come to an end, and, and they always just they miss it, you know and uh, just wanted to see now that you've had a couple of years to to, you know, to, to reflect back on it, how has it changed your life? Uh, how, when you remember back to your experiences here, how, how has it helped you grow as a person? and yeah
1: Well, I mean, obviously living in a foreign country alone. Makes you grow up. It makes you step out of your comfort zone, and I think is a big part of maturing as an individual. Um, So that's one thing that I definitely, you know, uh, that this experience brought to me. Um, Obviously, languages. Now I can actually read a little bit of German. I can read a little bit of Dutch. I can speak both of them a little bit. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. that helps. Uh, And obviously, you know, I had some of my best memories in Europe, and I miss baseball so much, it's crazy. Like, my first semester here in grad school, I was so depressed, because I left Austria you know August 3rd, Yeah. moved to, you know, August 10th, uh, left a girlfriend back in Austria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just in a new place, just like, what am I doing? You know, yeah. And obviously yeah. it's grad school, so grad school's not easy. And I just gave up a professional semi-pro, you know, opportunity to stay in in Austria and maybe live and play baseball for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, looking back, I still want to get back out to Europe. I'd, I'd love to, you know, we don't have clubs like what you guys do yeah. in Europe. And, you know, I, what's great is maybe when I finish grad school and if I get an opportunity to move back to Europe, I can join, a, join another club out there yeah. and uh, play some more baseball into my 30s and 40s. Which is what I'd love to do,
0: well, that's where I am right now, almost I know, I can say. <laughs> the last one you said there yeah, no I, I I completely agree i took four four or five years off uh, four years off i didn't play baseball, and then uh, I found myself you know when I came here in ninety nine and then i I moved here in two thousand and four, well in between there i didn't play any baseball and then I came back and it was you know it was a little rusty, but it took me it didn't take me too long to get back in the swing of things and and now i'd say i'm playing the be- best ball i've played in my life, so you know, I'm an example. It's never too late, and I'd love to see you back here. And you already, you know, you've already experienced it. And that recommendation alone, once you have your foot in the door, I think, you know, even with a few years away from baseball, I think you shouldn't have a problem. And and everybody's always looking for a coach, a player coach or a coach. So if you couldn't come back as a player, I'm sure you can come back as a coach. So
1: yeah, we'll see. I'm yeah. playing some softball, hit oh, some <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, softball is good for now and then. I think I'm a few years away. A few years away, and I, I know that it's it's actually growing pretty rapidly over here right now. So,
1: I, I miss the Attenberg softball tourney where you got like Jager Jaeger shots at every uh, base. That's that's the kind of softball I miss.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. That's the only softball as far as I'm
1: concerned. But. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Everybody talks about the softball here, and I'm like, yeah that's yeah.
0: yeah, well our, our Fingston ball tournament is actually I think uh, I was speaking uh, to Reiner today I don't know if the, he wants me to announce this <laughs> here but uh, yeah I think they're going to be uh, uh, moving in a direction of softball as well so uh, nice. yeah, with the with the addition of the new the new uh, youth field there I think it'd be I think that's something they're looking at so yeah
1: sweet
0: I think that's just gonna just add add to the success of the of the club so well Nick yeah. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for uh, being my first guest and uh, providing some great information. Uh, it's exactly what I wanted, and uh, yeah, I wish you the best of luck in Reno. And we're gonna have to stay a little more in touch, and hopefully, yeah. I see you back here in the, in a few years.
1: We will. Yeah, I'll be. I, I, I talked to uh, I think Simon uh, oh. about making it out to one of the things, so yeah, we'll see. I hope. I All hope. Right. Uh, I can get some time to get out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. At least come for a come for a visit, at least. So.
1: Oh, I will. Yeah, I will. I'm I'm looking for once I get my PhD, maybe I can get a a job as a professor or a postdoc out in Austria.
0: Yeah. Well, so. yeah, and you always you know you always have an in at my school.
1: Yeah, I know, yeah. That's, that's exactly right. I, that's well, that whole thing that was one reason I was yeah you know, I turned it down because I figure if I get my PhD and then nothing works out. I'll be better qualified to teach, you know, biology or chemistry yeah. at, uh, at that school. So exactly.
0: Yeah. I Could think you get... made the right decision at the time. But...
1: Yeah. yeah. Tough decision, but you know, I think it, it worked out the best. So. Okay, Nick.
0: Well, uh, thanks everybody for uh, listening and, uh, stay tuned cause, uh, there's going to be another, uh, X import that I'm going to be interviewing in the coming weeks uh if you'll return my email (laughs) and uh yeah and up next as well uh, i'll be interviewing the president of the atnang athletics reiner krankel uh to give uh, you guys a little insight on what uh how they evaluate and and what they're looking for so once again thanks nick and uh yeah best of luck to you
1: thanks buddy tell everybody i said hello and i'll talk to him soon right
0: for sure